Hello and welcome to the business part. There are two parts to the music business, the music part and the business part. And on this podcast, we discuss the business part. Today, I'm going to talk about something that's been on my mind to share for a while now. And it's something that based on my experience, I consider to be the most important thing for an artist to know or for an artist to have if they intend on pursuing a career in music. But before I go into what that is, I want to give you a little bit of background about me so that you understand how I came to the conclusion that this is the most important thing for an artist and where that perspective comes from. So a little bit about me. If you ever had a personal conversation with me or pay attention at all to any of my social media, every now and then I'll bring up the fact that it's my belief that social media is what makes it possible for independent artists to be so common nowadays. There are a lot of artists that even if they aren't necessarily what we would consider rich or famous, they are making a living doing what they love. And that's a lot more common now than it was at other points in the history of the music business. So I've been doing what I do, working with independent artists, since 2009. So in 2009, YouTube monetization was a new concept. Like that was a new thing for artists to be able to obtain. Um, 2009, that was back when Spotify and SoundCloud were really new. A lot of people weren't even using Spotify yet. Um, Instagram didn't exist. Snapchat didn't exist. And going live on social media the way people do like on Facebook or Instagram now, it wasn't a thing. It wasn't a thing that a person could do. And when it did become available, that was around 2015, I believe, maybe 2016 before it even really became popular. And there was one app that made it available. It was called Periscope and it was kind of linked to Twitter. And now I don't even know anybody who even uses Periscope anymore. Fast forward 11 years and every single thing associated with being an artist or being an entertainer is so much easier. I mean, everything from collaboration to recording to finding producers, licensing music and instrumentals, copyright, distribution, merch, fan interaction, audience engagement, even receiving financial support and investments and learning about the industry, just getting an education on what is involved in the music industry and in the music business is easier than ever. Even doing live shows is easier than ever. Maybe not right now specifically because we're in the middle of a pandemic that prevents people from gathering in large groups, but Even with that being the case, there are fans that are getting excited about virtual shows and virtual meet and greets with their favorite artists. So after listing all of those things, I have to say that it's not even just social media that's made being an artist easier than ever. There have been a number of tangible developments over the past 11 years that have actually made it easier than ever to be an independent artist. Yet, out of all of the artists I've worked with or even spoken to between 2009 and now, there seems to be one common and consistent thing 
that gets in the way or that determines their success. It can get in the way of their success or it can be the determining factor. There seems to be this one common thing. And it's something that I notice regardless of their education, their money, or even their level of talent. Now, before I say what that thing is, I need to ask you to do something. And that is, after I say what it is, after I tell you, I just want you to please keep listening. And I'm saying that because it's something that you might not expect. And it's something that many artists just don't like to think of as part of the problem. So keep listening, be open-minded, and if you really consider how you can use what I'm about to tell you, I promise it will make a big difference for a lot of you. If it's not a problem for you, then it might not make as big of a difference, but you probably know somebody who needs to hear this. But if you're someone who's been struggling with your career in various ways, then there's a good chance that what I'm about to tell you might make a difference. All right, so the one thing that many artists lack that seems to get in the way of their success, the one thing that seems to be a determining factor, regardless of an artist's education, level of talent, or the money that they have to invest in their own career, are you ready? Here it is. It's their mindset. Mindset, the most common and impactful determinants of independent artists' success and longevity are how they view themselves and their perceived value of their work. Now, to be honest, I don't even really like to bring up mindset when I talk to artists. I've never considered it to be my role. Now, I do have a mindset coach myself, so I see the value in it. The philosophies that drive my daily actions and habits center around my mindset. But typically when I talk to artists, I focus on providing the knowledge, tools, and processes that artists need in order to manage their own careers. Mindset just really isn't my thing when it comes to teaching. But one thing that I found is that regardless of what information I provide, there are just two common mindsets that get in the way of an artist's success. So that's why I felt the need to create this episode of my podcast just as a reference because if I notice that this the these mindsets tend to get in the way regardless of the information I provide then I figured if I'm going to keep providing information for listeners that want to know more about the music business then I need to go ahead and shed some light on this aspect of it too in order for the other information to be as effective as it could be. All right, so I said there are two common mindsets that tend to get in the way of an artist's success. So the first one that I'm going to talk about is a mindset that I call the entitled mindset. So the entitled mindset, what is that? These are artists that basically don't think they should have to put in work in order to be successful. So they love talking about what they're doing. And on social media, you might see them post a lot of studio pics or a lot of videos of themselves in the studio recording or behind the scenes shots of them creating music videos. 
And they tend to think that if they put out good music, quote unquote, good music or quote unquote, good videos, their content will get shared and eventually it will go viral and they'll be stars. So if you this is kind of an old episode of South Park, but there was an episode of South Park with the underpants gnomes where (laughs) the underpants gnomes were explaining to the boys why they still underpants and their process was like. Phase one, still underpants. Phase three, profit. Phase one, collect underpants. So what's phase two? Well, phase three is profit. Get it? I don't get it. You see, phase one, collect underpants. Phase two, phase three, profit. Oh, I get it. No, you don't, fat ass. They just assumed that if they stole underpants, they would just make a profit magically. And that's what I think of when I encounter entitled artists because they just, they tend to not have an actual plan. They're just, yeah, I'm going to make this song. I'm going to make this video and then I'll be a star. There's, there's no in between. There's no strategy for how to make that happen, how to use that song, how to use that video. They just assume it's going to happen. And don't get me wrong, I'm all for believing in yourself and manifesting and using the law of attraction and all that good stuff. But even if you employ any of those philosophies towards life and success, one thing I know is that at some point you have to put in the work. And that's why when I meet artists that not only don't have a plan for, but actually show no interest in things like fan engagement or actively promoting their content or figuring out how to or paying the money for things like copyright and distributing their music for streaming, yeah, that raises a red flag when you literally think, I'm going to put this video on social media and then I'll be a star. But moving on. So some other characteristics of entitled artists are that they will get very bitter when friends or family don't support them in the way that they think they should. And sometimes they will quit or back off or avoid opportunities when their vision calls upon them to invest time or money into what they're trying to achieve. So in other words, they don't put a lot of actual work into their careers. They might spend a lot of time writing or a lot of time in the studio because those things kind of feed their ego. Writing and spending time in the studio makes them feel special. It makes them feel like an artist. But when it comes to other things like investing in marketing or engaging or, or building their audience and being active about those things, uh, doing research to learn more about the industry and learn more about what they're trying to do, even simple things that go along with any independent artist careers like copyright or going through the process of uh, setting up their music for digital distribution, things of that nature. They just don't like to do the actual work. And what this results in a lot of times is them wasting money on opportunities that they think will quote unquote put them on, like paying lots of money for a performance slot uh, to open for a certain artist or at a festival or spending hundreds of dollars on videos that translate to little or no audience growth because they don't invest in marketing, or spending hours in the studio recording music that never gets released 
because they're waiting for someone to quote unquote put them on. And the reason why I keep saying quote unquote put them on is because I hate that phrase. It frustrates me when I talk to artists and I ask them what they're trying to achieve and they say something along the lines of, oh, I'm trying to get on. And I'm like, get on what? But I'm going to get to that later. (laughs) Um, But it's just one of those very vague phrases that is misused, kind of like if you build it, they will come. It's that same concept. So that phrase was actually taken from a movie about ghosts on a baseball field. And the phrase was, if you build it, he will come. And then one day people just arbitrarily decided to apply it to product launches. And it just doesn't make any sense. So if you've ever tried to apply the concept of if you build it, they will come to a product launch or to creating any sort of product, service or um, source of entertainment, and you just expected people to gravitate to it without you doing marketing and promotion, it's wrong. The concept is wrong. Um, It came from another source and was applied to those sorts of endeavors uh, for all the wrong reasons. I don't know who decided it, but stop it. Um, Anyway, back to the topic at hand. Those characteristics pretty much sum up an entitled artist. They think that if they put out something they consider to be good, that people they know will spread it, they'll go viral, they'll become a star. They don't necessarily like investing money or time into the other parts of their plan. So the other mindset that I want to talk about is one that I call imposters. And imposters are artists that don't value themselves or or their art, or they have low self-worth. Imposters don't value themselves or their art. They have low self-worth. Now, this is one of the toughest mindsets to overcome Because oftentimes people will not even admit to themselves that they have low self-esteem. If you really want to know if this is a mindset that you have, then you need to be willing to be honest with yourself for a minute. So what I want you to do is take a moment and think about how you treat yourself. Think about what you say to yourself internally about who you are as an artist and about your work. Are you giving yourself constructive feedback or are you saying things like, oh, this sucks so bad or I'll never be good enough to do such and such or if I could do X, Y, Z or if I was so and so, then life would be so much better. There's a number of things that one might say, but take a minute and think about your self-talk, how you talk to yourself, how you treat yourself. And then think about if that's how you would treat or talk to someone you love. Is it how you would talk to someone you care about? And is it how you would treat and support an artist that you wanted to see become successful? If it's not, If it's not how you would treat someone you love, if it's not how you would show your support to an artist that you respect, then ask yourself, why are you doing that to yourself if you claim to love yourself 
and respect yourself as an artist. So, like I said, this is a tough mindset to identify because people tend to use all sorts of things to mask it. So, for example, some people act like because they put a lot of effort into their appearance or because they set high goals for themselves, then these things are evidence that they love themselves. But the truth is that they actually love the version of themselves that has achieved these things that they think about all day. They love the version of themselves that dresses a certain way, and they love the version of themselves that they imagine having money and influence. But the version of themselves that exists today, they don't actually love that person. And that's why they fail to commit and they fail to invest in their own work, in their own art. So their eyes will light up when they talk about what they want to accomplish in their career or the life that they want to create for themselves because they're thinking about that person that they'd rather be. But then those same people will hesitate to take the first steps of creating the realities that they're imagining for themselves because that would involve investing in this present day person that they don't actually love, that they don't actually respect. So deep down, they don't actually believe it's possible. They don't believe that the person that exists today is worthy of those things. They don't believe that they're worth it. And that belief is everything. It determines everything. So let's think about belief for a second and the impact that it has on our actions. Let's think about it in in relatively simple terms. So think about if you're hungry, you're sitting at home hungry and you decide you want a sandwich. But for whatever reason, you don't think you have any bread. You don't remember if you picked up any the last time you went to the grocery store and you remember running out. So even before you get up to check, you're probably going to hesitate because something has happened that's made you believe that if you go to the kitchen to make a sandwich, you won't be able to. So even if you do end up going to the kitchen, you're not going to take action right away. Now, let's say part two of the scenario, you realize you do have very good reason for believing there's no bread in the kitchen, but there's a store literally down the street. You could walk there. So you're just going to go get some bread. You need some bread in the house anyway. You're going to go get some bread, come back home and make a sandwich. But then you get a text from a friend who happens to be at the store and they're like, oh man, the store is packed right now. There are so many cars in the parking lot. How many of us would then decide to abandon our plans of making a sandwich altogether and just go pick up something else to eat? Because now we believe that not only do we not have bread, we don't have an easy way of getting the bread. And so we're just going to abandon our plan for making a sandwich and we're going to do something else even without going to the store ourselves. Maybe the parking lot is packed, but maybe there happened to be a lot of cashiers on staff that day. You never know. But if we believe that it's not going to be a fruitful trip, we're not going to make the trip, right? Let's think about another scenario. How many of us have been invited to a party or a social gathering? And before we go, we decide to text someone and say, hey, who all is there? How is it? What's it like? Maybe you get a reply back letting you know that someone you don't like all that much is at the party or maybe multiple people or maybe you get a reply back just saying that the vibe isn't that great and that it's not that great of a party and so you decide not to go 
But then later you hear about something amazing that happened that you completely missed out on because you decided not to go because you believed that if you went because of this person that was there or because of what you thought the vibe was, you wouldn't have a good time. This wouldn't be an enjoyable experience. So you just decided not to go at all. So those are some very simple examples, but I just bring them up as an example of how our beliefs affect our actions every day, every single day. The thing with imposters is that they really internalize negative feedback. Now, when you decide to pursue a career as an independent artist, especially if you're at a stage where you don't necessarily have someone big backing you or anything, you'll have people tell you things like, you should get a regular job. I've worked with artists that have been told by people close to them that they're not attractive enough, uh, that there's no money in it. Um, they've been told by friends things like, ain't nobody checking for you. They've been told things by parents like, you can't get anywhere without money or a team, or that they'll only make it if they get lucky. And so imposters tend to really internalize these things. Generally speaking, people that lack self-worth will be very likely to internalize negative feedback because it's almost a defense mechanism. It's like a method of survival. They have to, they, they find themselves keeping their minds on these things in an attempt to protect themselves from pain and disappointment. Internalizing those negative thoughts becomes a problem regardless of someone's level of talent or skill because it leads to inconsistency. What basically ends up happening with imposters is they internalize these negative feedbacks and these negative potential scenarios. And it gets to the point that when they think about the career that they could be building or they think about working on their craft, they end up naturally thinking about all the things that could go wrong. And it causes their craft to be pretty low on their priority list until someone else gets behind them. And even then, it takes a lot of pushing because they still lack that intrinsic motivation. Just like entitled artists, artists that are imposters might still post a lot of pictures on social media. They might even get a lot of positive feedback on the things that they post to social media. But one negative comment will completely take the wind out of their sails. Imposters usually don't invest in themselves because they don't see the point or because they're literally afraid of hundreds of strangers seeing or hearing them. But on the flip side, when they don't get a lot of views or listens or likes or comments, they tend to think something is wrong with them and adjusting their strategy is the last thing to cross their minds. That's the imposter mindset in a nutshell. These are people that have low self-worth that they may or may not be masking in one way or another. And they tend to be inconsistent in how they pursue their career because they've associated with a lot of negative possibilities and the potential for pain and disappointment and embarrassment. So what then is the right mindset? Basically, the right mindset for someone to have when they decide to pursue a career as an independent artist is that they need to be confident in their identity as an artist and embrace everything that comes along with that. 
And I emphasize that last part of embracing everything that comes with that identity. And by everything, I mean all of the work and all of the steps that you have to take in order to be an artist. And I mention that because the entitled artist, for example, they don't have a problem with identifying as an artist. A lot of them will tell anyone who will listen that they're an artist. But when it comes to that other part, embracing everything that comes along with being an artist, that's usually where they struggle. And imposters, on the other hand, whether or not they embrace the work that comes along with being an artist, it's kind of hit or miss. A lot of times if they don't, it has more to do with access and ability than simple willingness, right? But it's their identity that's an issue. They are afraid to identify as an artist because that's like taking a big leap for them. When I talk about embracing your identity as an artist, I don't mean that you should do it simply through words alone. I'm not talking about an affirmation statement where you look at yourself in the mirror and you tell yourself, I am an artist. That could be part of it, but that can't be the end of it. I mean, really thinking about the ups and downs of what that will mean and what that might mean your life will look like on a daily basis. So there there are people that I run into occasionally that look at a music career as a sort of lottery ticket. Their goal is to invest a small amount into taking a chance and then hoping for the best. Now, I'm not saying that there's anything wrong with investing a small amount, but even with a small budget, a person can still make a plan and be intentional. And that's why I say mindset is the most important thing. The artists that I've seen achieve the most success and last the longest are the ones who embrace their identities as artists. They set their intentions and developed a plan or at least an idea of a plan based on those intentions. So instead of being an Uber driver with a mixtape, they became a rapper that was using Uber to finance their next project. Instead of being a model trying to put out a song, they decided to be singers that also did some modeling. In both of those examples, I'm referring to people that went from saying, okay, I'm doing this one thing as a job, but let me see if I can be an artist. Let me see if I can do this. And instead they decided to say, yes, I'm working this one job, but I'm going to be an artist. I'm going to figure out how to distribute my music. I'm going to understand the the legalities involved with releasing music. I'm going to start with these 500 followers I have. I'm going to start with these demos I have. And I'm going to release music and find fans that like what I have to offer. But being willing to adopt that identity as a first step takes confidence. And having confidence doesn't mean that you'll never be nervous again. It doesn't mean that you won't feel a way when your art or your content doesn't get the desired reaction. But it does mean that when doubt starts to creep in, you trust yourself enough to move forward with your plan in spite of that doubt. It means that you truly believe in your ability to establish your career as an artist. So even if something isn't received the way you wanted it to be or the way that you expected it to be, you just take whatever valuable feedback or information that may come from that situation and adjust accordingly and keep moving forward. Confidence involves making progress by using what you have 
instead of being discouraged by thoughts of what you don't have. So all that being said, anybody who knows me knows that I try not to complain or bring up a problem unless I have a suggestion or a proposed solution. So let's get into that. So what does that look like? How can you start shifting your mindset? For the entitled artists, the ones that think you're so great and you just need the right person to put you on, um, for you guys, education needs to be your first step. So many artists that want to quote unquote get on can't even explain what that means. So earlier when I said I hate that phrase, that's why. It's because it doesn't give a clear idea of what they're looking for. So as a professional whose job it is to be a consultant for artists, when people come to me with a, an idea that's beyond vague, it's cloudy, it's not even a fully formed idea, it becomes almost impossible for me to do my job because I don't know what they need and I don't know what they need because I don't know what they want. Look at it this way. Many sources will tell you that there's something like 45 to 50 sources of revenue available to music artists, but it's only recommended that you pursue about six or so. So in those situations where a person says, hey, I need help with my career, I need help achieving success. For professionals like me, we have to say, what does success look like for you? Does it involve touring? Does it involve sync licensing? Does it involve having number one hits or something more like a small cult-like following? Are you creating a brand that can support the sale of things like clothing or shoes or your own liquor, like some artists do? Or are you solely wanting to focus on music? Do you want to write for other people or help develop new artists? Or do you just want to work on yourself and your career? And even though I brought this up as an example of how clarity can help professionals help you, it's really even more important for artists to know these things about themselves, to know specifically what they want to do and what they want to pursue, because that's what's going to be what guides your decisions on a regular basis, whether it's how you're going to allocate your time on a day-to-day -day basis, or if you're presented with various opportunities in your life or in your career and you need to know you need to decide whether to pursue those opportunities or not your goal your vision for your career your objectives for your life and for your career are going to be what helps you make those decisions on a regular basis have you ever tried to use your gps without putting in a destination for where you're headed it doesn't work it might pull up a map and you can see all the options for where you could go but you're not going to get clear directions for where you're going you're not going to get those traffic alerts you're not going to get those alerts for road closures and accidents you won't get anything without a clear destination or have you ever tried to use uh, your GPS or a rideshare app and you put in a generic location like a store or a restaurant that has more than one location and you end up being taken to the wrong place because you weren't you, you weren't specific? That same principle can be applied to your career. The more specific you are, the more likely you are to get good instructions on how to reach your desired destination. Now, just like with the GPS, once you put in that 
endpoint, that destination, you can change that if you need to. You can reroute yourself. You can add a stop. Same thing with your career. What you choose is not necessarily set in stone. But it's important for you to have that destination in mind and for you to have a clear idea of where you're starting from so that if you have to, you can start that journey by yourself. You should at least be willing to take the first few steps by yourself. And that's important for two reasons. One, you're going to run into a lot of people that will only get involved with you if they see some value there. Meaning you're going to have to create your own value to start off with in order for certain people to even want to get involved, in order for them to even want to help you. The other reason is that even for those of us that may do it as a job or that may want to help you in other ways to help you get that value that you'll need in order to accrue other types of help, if we say, what can we do to help you? How can we help you? And you say something vague like, oh, well, I'm trying to get on. What you're basically saying to answer our question is, I don't know how you can help me. And for those of us who do this as a job, who are professionals, especially if we're very busy, as we tend to be, if you don't know how we can help you, if you can't give us an idea, you know, something that we can really work with, then we're likely to move on and say, okay, well, When you figure out a way that I can help you, definitely let me know. I want to support you. Just let me know how. Because if, you know, even if you say I need some money and and this comes up a lot whenever I'm discussing marketing with artists, uh, especially social media marketing, because it's so flexible and, and they'll say like, well, yeah, how much money do I have to spend? And I'll say like, well, it depends on, you know, what's available Depending on what kind of campaign you run, you could spend $5 a week, you can spend $5,000 a week. So when artists say something like, yeah, I need more money, but they don't have an amount in mind, it's hard for someone to help you because they don't know if you need $5 or $5,000. If you say, I need more time, okay, more time for what? Or is it something else that you need? Is there a skill set that you lack? You have to have done enough work to have a very specific idea of what's missing from your plan or what would make a big difference so that when you encounter these people who could join your team or who can help you temporarily or who can be of any service, you know where to point them. You know what direction you need to go and how they can help you get there. So I teach an online course where I teach artists how to be the CEOs of their careers, right? And one of the metaphors that I mention is that an artist's career is like a car on a journey. And at the beginning of that journey, when it first starts, that car has to go uphill, right? And so if you think of the car as like an artist and their team, and you think of having the right manager and the right publicist and the right booking agent as uh, being the equivalent of having like a nice paint job and some rims and, you know, the right model of car. At the end of the day, the artist is the engine. So if the artist isn't working, if the engine isn't working, that car isn't going to go anywhere. And to stick with that analogy, the same thing applies to fans. You might have a lot of fans willing to push that car uphill, but they still have to know where the car is going. You'd be surprised what having a good story can do to really mobilize and engage your fan base. 
Like, you'd be surprised at the kind of response you might get when you tell your fans, like, yes, this is what I'm trying to do. This is what I plan to release. These are the, this is the number of streams that I'd like to get for, for, for my next release. Or help me get to this number of views. Or help me to get to this number of followers. Like, especially early in your career when, you know, fans really feel like they're on that journey with you for real. It is just so beneficial and helpful to know what you want, to know what your destination is, and get started on that journey, and then invite others to come along on that journey with you. So for the entitled artists out there, adopting the mindset, it means being willing to put in the work necessary in order to actually become this person that you keep telling everybody you are. Make it a reality instead of just selling the dream. Two really easy tools to use to start that are budgets and deadlines. So if you're an entitled artist that likes to post a lot of videos of yourself in the studio, give yourself a deadline for putting out a project or for putting out a single. And I mean distributing it through uh, major digital platforms, Spotify, Apple Music, YouTube Music, because that process is not that difficult. But instead of just spending money on studio time, make out an actual budget. How much is artwork going to cost? How much is copyright going to cost? How much is your distribution going to cost? Do you know how to do those things? And actually give yourself a deadline to do it. And then actually do it. Next time you decide to spend a lot of money on a music video, think about how you're going to market it. Is that something that you can do yourself? Or do you need to hire a professional to do it? Are you one of these people that's out here making elaborate music videos for music that's not even available for people to stream? As something to consider as well. So I know there are a lot of artists who who still fit this category and they do have music out and they might even be marketing on some level. In which case, there are other things that you might want to look at. But but typically, the, the telltale sign of an entitled artist is that you're inflating some aspect of your career. So figure out what that is, whether it's the amount of money that you have, how well connected you are, the size of your fan base, the work that you're getting done, whatever it is, take a look at it. You don't even have to, you don't have to go on social media and, and announce it. Be honest with yourself. What is it that you're inflating? And what steps would you have to take in order to actually make that a reality? Sit down, write them down, and then try to actually do it instead of just making people think you've done it. Now, for the imposters, being confident in your identity as an artist is a little bit more complicated because the things that are stopping you go beyond just your career as an artist. It doesn't just affect your work and your art. Usually these symptoms are present in several aspects of your life. And so for some people, it means having to fix several aspects of their life in order to see a change in how they're approaching their career. Um, But since I'm not a psychologist, I'm not going to go too deep into that. But what I will say is, One of the things that I've seen be successful for people who lack confidence, who lack self-esteem, especially when it comes to their work, their music, is for them to remove expectations from the equation, at least temporarily. 
Some artists end up having to do that longer than others. And and what I mean when I say remove expectations, I mean, I mean, they had to build a habit of just doing the work of just saying, hey, I'm going to release a new cover song every week or every other week. Or I'm going to put out four singles this year with no expectations for how many streams they would get, how many likes, how many comments, how many plays, how many video views, how much money, any of it. They just had to commit to themselves to start doing it. And their ability to do it consistently acted as the positive reinforcement for them to continue doing it and for them to really see themselves as artists. Now, that's not to say that you won't get some good results, but for any artist, you're going to see good results and you're going to see results that are disappointing. You're going to see comments that are negative. You're going to get feedback that you don't like. So for the artists that were already kind of scared or anxious or nervous about beginning their careers, they had to put themselves in a position where those things didn't matter, where those things did not dictate what they did next. And I've seen that be successful with several artists. Uh, One of the phrases that my father uses with me a lot is, start where you are, use what you have, and do what you can. And that's what these artists typically ended up doing. So instead of being nervous and scared because they only had $5 a week to put into marketing at first, they said, okay, what are my options with this $5 every week? How can I maximize this? Instead of saying like, oh man, I can't, I'll never be successful. I only have 100 followers. They said like, okay, what are these 100 followers like? How often can I put out content that they seem to really like and respond to and engage with? Better yet, what are they sharing? Do they ever share my content, right? So start where you are, use what you have, do what you can, and just become consistent. And one thing about consistency, um, you've probably heard the saying that 21 days makes a habit. That is something else that is false, Um that principle was created on something that's not even necessarily related to behavior. That idea that 21 days makes a habit came from a surgeon in the 50s, I believe, that said uh, patients took 21 days to adopt to their reconstructed bodies. But when actual scientists got together to find out how long it took to to create a habit, they found out that 66 days was the average. But even then, the actual range was 18 days to, to 257 days. So I say that to say, for some people, it might be a while before it gets easier. And you have to decide for yourself if it's worth it. I'm not going to be one of those people that says, you just have to keep going. You don't have to do anything. <laughs> you have to decide what's best for you. But what I am saying is that if you really feel like being an artist is your path, don't get discouraged by people who say that you're not special enough or you're not attractive enough. If it's something that you want to pursue, you figure out the best way to create, to release your art, to connect with your fans, to connect with your audience, and you see where that goes and you decide for yourself if it's worth you pursuing. Don't let other people tell you that it's not going to work 
And, and they'll try to disguise it as they're just trying to protect you. They just want what's best for you. And they might even really mean it. But at the end of the day, if you end up regretting the choice that you make, you have to live with that. They don't. So you have to decide what's best for you. You have to decide if it's worth it for you to figure out a way to create consistently and engage with your audience despite whatever fears you might have. And you're going to have to be honest with yourself on a daily basis, you know, and that means that, you know, if you are having trouble loving yourself and loving your work, you need to be honest with yourself about why that is and do whatever you have to do to rectify that. But, you know, putting on a facade, even if it's just for your, for yourself, isn't going to help anything because then you end up making decisions based on a false reality instead of figuring out what you actually need to do in a situation. So I know that was a lot. Um, and that's based on me working with and talking to several, several, several artists um, and just seeing a few different patterns of thought and the correlation between those patterns of thought and the results that they see, the success that they see. So I hope everything that I said resonated and made sense and um, and that it's well-received and, and that it's useful. Yeah, I, I just hope somebody out there was able to get something out of this and uh, and that it's been valuable information for, for somebody. So as always, feel free to reach out to me at moneyfrommusic.com dot com that's money from music dot com and let me know what you think but yeah that's today's episode of the business part y'all have a great week <laughs>